Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. As uh, we continue on in our study of the New Testament together, uh, we're working through uh, the New Testament sort of a chapter at a time. Um, we've, we've spent uh, over three years already on the New Testament. I think we'll wrap it up in the next couple of years. Um, we've worked through the Gospels together, the Book of Acts together, and then out of the Book of Acts where we, we uh, you know, ended up by talking about all the missionary journeys of Paul. We decided to tackle the letters he wrote back to those churches that he'd planted, um, sort of in the order that we believe they were written. And that's what we're doing, which has led us to uh, now the book of Colossians, and we're in the second chapter of the book of Colossians today. It's what we'll be uh, talking about. One of my favorite chapters, there's some, some really great stuff in there, and, uh, um, you know, primarily, um, he talks about being in Christ. And uh, that's one of my favorite subjects because of what it means to be in Christ. And um, in Christ, so many things open up to us as, uh, as believers. Um, and, and my favorite thing, and we'll talk about this more, is that, that we now have access into the holy place, the most holy place. The, the, in Exodus, it defines the most holy place as a, the, the place where the literal presence of God dwells. And... Um, uh, in Hebrews 10, we find out that now in Christ, we have access. Because of what Jesus has done, we have access to that most holy place because we're in Christ. And, and see, the, the picture that you always have to see is that God sees us now in Christ. When you come and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God now sees you in Christ, which means all the mess that still the Holy Spirit is working on, um, God just sees us in the perfection of his son. Wasn't that a cool thing? Do you ever think about that? Um, and, and it's important that you do think about that because, because we know sort of what a mess we are, sometimes we um, are deceived by the enemy from um, entering into the presence of God because it's available to us in Christ. It's not our performance, and it's certainly not something that we earn. It's just made possible to us in Christ. And so what, a, what an amazing and wonderful, wonderful thing that is. And... Uh, and so I want you to, you know, be thinking about that as we read through the, the passage of Scripture today. And I had this, I, we were talking about the baptisms we're doing um, coming up at Bay Honda. And I, I love, um, I, I love baptisms. I, I, uh, I love being a part of them. Um, it's just such a deeply powerful and moving thing. It's a, it's a symbol of, of, uh, what's happened to us on the inside and it's a, it's a symbol to everyone um, that, that we belong to Christ now, that we're in Christ. And as I was thinking about that, I, this week I had an experience and uh, uh, we went, and I went to the beach on, uh, to do a baptism. It was yesterday. Yeah, I'm losing track of time already. And uh, we, were, we were baptizing this, this man who's... Um, uh, he's coming to the end of his journey here, uh, and he knows it, and, and uh, he's about to take the next step. He's a, he's a believer in Christ, um, but he, he wanted to be baptized, and uh, he wanted to be um, submersed, and, and, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's go, and, and um, he's, he's kind of frail, uh, and, uh, the, uh, but he, he, he wanted to be baptized, and so yesterday at Bay Honda, he's huge, Waves happened to be breaking, not what you we were looking for, and uh, and yet you know he said no, I, I want to do it, and so we we 
we got him out there and uh, and and um, we, the waves were just beating us up, man. I mean, just <laughs> beating us up, knocking us down. Uh, it was like fighting us the whole time. And and it was the, we, uh, I, I I baptized him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it was just such a powerful moment because the, see the reality is there's and I, I, we miss this sometimes the, the reality is that, that we make this in Christ we just make this transition and, and it's difficult because we leave sort of what we're used to because we touch and feel and we're, we're very secure in that but we, we're moving from this to something much better and, and in Christ uh, uh, the transition is, is just you're, you're in this amazing situation uh, and it's just so cool to know that, that that's, that's what we're all heading towards. We're all heading towards uh, life with him forever, but we're in it already. And, and I don't know that we always think about life that way. You're, you're in, you've started your eternal life. When you came to Christ, you started your eternal life. And, and so now it just, it just keeps going. And, and what's ahead is even better. Uh, and I was just so much, uh, such a, such a, so aware of those things as we were, as we were struggling, and, and the, the, the waves kept coming, and they were knocking us down, like I said. And it was, but, but, uh, what a powerful thing to be a part of! And and the presence of God was so strong with us, uh, just in, in, in. I knew it was like, brother, you, you're just a step away, man. And. Uh, it was really cool. So uh, I think about that, and I, I, I want you to think as we read these, these verses about what it means to be in Christ and, and what an amazing gift it is for us in this life, in right now, as we live for him forever. So Colossians 2 um, will remind us that we need to rely on Jesus as the head of the body and participate in and with the body of Christ, that's the church, through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and in him, we've, we've experienced, see, in Christ, we've experienced death and resurrection. So, so we're freed from the old way of living and can experience real life in him now and forever. See, we're freed from it. We still have to choose not to move into it, but we're, we're freed from it. It no longer has the hold on it it had on us before Christ. But, but we still will sin sometimes and, and go back to it. But it's, it's a choice. Not that there's no options. See, now in Christ, under the anointing of the Spirit, we have options. We, have, we, we, we get to choose again. Are we going to do the right thing or are we going to not? And, and uh, anyway, and we're working on it. So the struggle that they're having uh, at this point in time with the, church, the Colossian church is that this group of people have come in and, and they're, they're trying to, and this happened all over, lay down this strict set of rules and regulations. And Paul fights that throughout his ministry, saying that's not what it's all about. And, and uh, we, we have this tremendous freedom in Christ, not to do things we shouldn't do, but, but not to live in the, the bondage that comes from rules and regulations. And the thing about rules and regulations is, and Paul will even talk about this, um, they, they sometimes have an appearance of, of wisdom, um, and, and sometimes they even may limit at some level certain kinds of sin, but, but they never deal with the real issue, the sin nature. Only the Spirit of God does that in the freedom of Christ to allow him to operate in our lives. And um, even, you know, people that get stuck in rules and regulations generally then become 
um, and exhibit the sin of pride in thinking that, you know, look, look what, you know, how good I am and look, you, everybody else is like not so good and, and see they get trapped right away in that because it doesn't work. Um, the rules and regulations have never worked and they never will work. Um, it's, it's only relationship with God in Christ with the power of the Spirit to help us that we begin to make changes that, that go from the inside to the outside and not just behavioral changes on the outside. That, that these are real changes that, that it, we're no longer doing the things that we once did because we've been changed and they don't appeal to us any longer. That's the Holy Spirit at work and that's what we're looking at. So... Um, and so uh, Paul's going to say that the rules and regulations are just not a means for living in relationship with God. And in fact, they have the opposite effect and always have. Um, when people get stuck in that, rather than becoming loving, grace-filled, merciful people, they become cold and hard and basically mean and make God seem unapproachable. And so Paul's going to be talking about all of that in this very short little chapter. So Colossians 2, 1 through 23. Let me read it to you. You can follow along. It's in the notes or in your Bibles or whatever version you have is good. And uh, it says this, uh, verse 1, I want to know, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea, for all who have not met me personally. And this is, stop there again, this was one of the few churches Paul didn't plant that he writes to the church in, in Colossus, but it was started by people that were um, brought to Christ in his ministry. So was the church in Laodicea, by the way. Okay, hadn't been there yet. Hoping to get there, but he hadn't been there yet. My purpose verse 2, is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then... Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. Who is the head over every power and authority? In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. After having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are the shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. 
Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any real, any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, so let's take a quick look at the difference between living the way the Gnostics in this case, who were big on legalism, um, live, and the way that we're supposed to live in Christ. So the Gnostics try and approach it this way, the legalists. Their, their goal is to please God by their own good deeds. That's what they're shooting for. They're trying to please God by their own good deeds. The way that they do that is, is, um, uh, is like uh, diligent service, discipline, and, and obedience, but it's done in hope of reward. They do it to earn brownie points with God, to earn God's favor. They, everything they do, they're trying to, trying to earn something from God. The, um, the power they rely on is just their own self-effort and will and self-determination. If, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm going to muscle through and do this thing, and I can do it without, you know, I, uh, and, and see, that's why, if you listen to these, what they're trying to do, that's why they're usually not very nice, <laughs> um, because it makes them mean. Um, trying to do that stuff just makes you mean. You, you know, there's no, there's no room, there's no grace, there's no, there's no forgiveness, there's no, whoop, messed that up, there's none of that available to you, because you're trying to earn your deal with God, and, and it, it just, you you have to really, and so most people that live this way are not very nice people. Um, to, to control their stuff, it's again about self-motivation, self-control, and uh, the result of all that hard work, and here's the, the, the tragedy, is chronic guilt, apathy, depression, failure, and a constant desire for approval. They spend all this self-effort trying to achieve something they can't achieve, and it makes them miserable. And, and that is a telltale sign of people that are stuck in that way of living. So I've told you before, in Christ, you should always experience some measure of joy. I'm not talking about happy, skippy, you know, pie in the sky, wee-hee stuff. Um, I, I'm just saying that, that there should always be a measure of knowing that you're his forever and, and that you've messed up so bad so many times, but that that you're just a breath away from being in his presence at all times because of the gift of Jesus at the cross. Um, I, I hope you get that. You know, being with somebody this week so close to just walking into Jesus' arms and being involved in the process of, it's just such a reminder of, of um, uh, how amazing it is because you can't earn that stuff. You, you can't. You can't earn what's coming. It's a gift. And, and knowing it is a gift will cause you to appreciate it and live better now and forever. So what does it mean then to live in Christ? What does it look like? The goal that we have is to trust in Christ and then live to try and please him. We're not trying to earn anything from him. We just really want to live lives that please him because we love him, because he's loved us and he's already done everything for us. So, so now God, what can I do to please you? That's, that's what it becomes. Not trying to earn anything. It's just in response to what's already been done I don't want to live for me any, Lord. I, I want to live for you because that's where life is. 
The, the, the way that we do that, we, we confess our sins before him, we submit to his will, and we commit ourselves to the, the movement and the, the control of the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we say, Jesus, I'm yours. Um, he's, he's, he's Lord and Savior. Um, we, we, we thank him for salvation, and then you're Lord. How do you, what do you want me to do? I'm here for duty today. God is your day. How do you want me to live? Uh, the power that we have is the Holy Spirit. Uh, who helps us? to do the things we were uh, created and called to do. We, he, he doesn't leave us alone. He empowers us by his spirit to step into those things. Um, the, the, the control measure that comes in is in our self-control. It's the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Christ is in us, and we're in Christ. And, and that allows us to begin to make changes in our life and to not always do the things that we shouldn't do. And the result of that type of life is joy, thankfulness, love, guidance, service, and forgiveness. It's a much better result than legalism. And yet... Um, it, it's, it's shocking to me how constantly we have to be aware of legalism and, and um, I, of that sneaking back into our world because there's something familiar about it that, that keeps wanting to grab a hold of us because at some level it seems right and so it, it it's always keeps sneaking back into the church always just whoop, keeps sneaking back in stealing people stealing life away from people is what it does and it's been a constant for 2,000 years and remains a constant. Um, and, and so 2, 8 through 12, just so, so see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you've been given fullness in Christ, uh, who's the head over every power and authority. So... We're to always live in Christ and be ever vigilant about this whole thing, trying to slip back up on us and steal away the life we have and, and, and uh, make us a, a people that, that can't love others well. So when we step out of life in Christ, the connection that we have with God, the, the ability to enter into his presence, not because of anything we've earned, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We know that we're broken and we don't deserve to be there, but, but we're there because of what Jesus has done. That constant realization will allow us to impact the world around us because there's people everywhere who need to know that they can, they can be reconciled to him as well. So um, we need to be aware of, of what's happening and that, um, you, know, you know, the bottom line in that is that religious rules will never change a person's heart. Only God can do that. that will, religious rules will never change a person's heart. That's what God does. And so uh, we got to trust that he does that, and he will. He's good that way. Um, and then, you know, 16 and 17 again, uh, it just says that all those rules and all that other stuff, they're a shadow of things that are coming. The reality of life now and forever is found in Christ. The reality of life now and forever is found in Christ. So verse 6 goes back. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And again, this, this life um, should be resulting in, like I said, a measure of joy. Being a people of thankfulness. That we can see the things we're thankful for. That's what we talk about all the time. That we become a people of love and love others well. 
um, that the Holy Spirit leads us and that we're willing to step out and serve others because of this love and encourage people around us. And we're, we're people who get forgiveness and understand it because we need it. We can, we can offer it. And, and that's what life in Christ is uh, hopefully looking like at some measure in all of our lives. So that's good enough for uh, tonight. We'll stop it there. Thank you. Um, if you're watching on uh, television or by video, we appreciate your valuable time spending it with us. And uh, we, we'd love to uh, see you here sometime at church. If you can come and join us, please do. Um, if you need prayer, you can use the uh, contact form on the website at keysvineyard.com. And we will certainly pray for you. And uh, thanks for watching. God bless you.